Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for Episode 31, Defensive Tactics Against Ecological Security Attacks, originally published August 26th, 2022. I am in a extra festive and sacred mood uh, because it was a, an epic uh, struggle across several blockchains and several technology stacks, uh, to put it to put it mildly, put it simply, uh, it was a it was a fuck show and a half to um, <laughs> to get this this international um, sort of royalty payment to come through and to get it where I wanted it to be, and um, yeah, it was uh, just one of those weeks, one of those days, but um, but it is it was an important. And, and long-awaited payout that's going to um, it's it's a full it's a force multiplier for for what I'm trying to do with this frugal passage of um, bear market uh, yeah bear market frugality to have that that liquidity in in, in the form of a stable coin that I can um, operate with. And um, there's nothing, well, there's almost nothing that feels good as knowing that you can defend your nest egg or your long-term holdings of whatever asset, whether it's your garbage pail kid collection, your punk record collection, your guitar collection, your, your property. If it's Afghanistan, it might even be your child or children. I just watched a documentary from my new favorite documentary um, studio. DW is what it's branded as, and uh, and I'm subscribing to them. And they just did a documentary about child trafficking in Afghanistan, just showing what starving families have to do, selling off a, their children one by one to try to feed the other ones, and it's a stopgap that only gets them so far. So it's a humbling thought that puts everything in context for me since I chose not to go that route of of, of breeding personally uh, and I um, my heart goes out to those who have under extreme conditions of of poverty and repression um, For me, it's it's an amazing feeling to um, to be able to create a financial buffer, protecting uh, 
my future, my future security. I also just watched a documentary um, that I think is a follow-up from Frontline, the PBS studio, and uh, I think they're, I had just recently watched a previous one, and I don't know when that was released, but it was called The Retirement Gamble, and it was all, it's all about how the, how dangerous the 401k boomer generation investment sort of Ponzi, my word, I don't know if they would have called it that, but the implication was that it's a real, it's a real tragedy and it's a real, um, it's a real gamble. So it was the retirement gamble. And then now they, I think, followed up on that with a very recent, uh, recent, um, documentary release that was called, uh, can you afford to retire? And it was just interviewing all these experts and, and, and profiling families and retire people who are trying to retire but can't who found out that their pension was liquidated in a restructuring under a bankruptcy so talk about a rug pull that's like trad fi or traditional finance <laughs> if you're not a tech or crypto person um r- what a rug pull and and then the figure that that was thrown out at one point was people saying like yeah i figure i would need to have a nest egg of about a million dollars to assuming i will assuming eventually an individual one would end up having to go into hospice care you're going to have you're going to have medical bills as you age uh that's a given and then just to live re- relatively comfortably let alone have any kind of fun with your golden years yeah, with inflation and the devaluation of the dollar, erosion of the value of the dollars that were saved over time, that million dollars, yeah, it would be, you'd be lucky to, to stretch that for the rest of your life. So one of the lines too they said was something like, uh, it struck me, it was like, this retiring generation is facing uh longer life expectancy and and smaller um small there there was a simplified term they used uh, uh, smaller a smaller nest egg basically a shrinking nest egg um which could be investments falling apart in the stock market or just the value of the money uh, value of the dollar save being being eroded uh purchasing power eroded etc etc so yeah that's uh that's why in context of me having this little moment why I'm in a great mood because I look at what I can what I can do what I need to do with that with that cash flow <laughs> that liquidity that that I that I can I can apply that to bolstering my strategy to survive another stretch of months or even years of of uh of recession or bear market applying the principles of permaculture and modern survivalism on land where once the basic mainframe permaculture design is done which it essentially is um it's just a matter of scaling into those zones and 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 plugging in the the plant stock the livestock the infrastructure as you can afford it and just doing all the sweat equity in the meantime, you know, doing everything I possibly can um, 
that costs no money other than the $6 shovel that I've been using to dig epic swales and ponds and getting, getting in good, staying in good shape and feeling great, uh, physically when it's not so blazing hot that I would perish, uh, for even lifting a finger half a day. But yeah, with that said, I feel like I'm in that getting closer to that point that Jeff Lawton spoke of in, in one of his, um, per, in, in the permaculture and time and time permaculture and time quintessential, very formative for me, seminal animated permaculture, little short film, um, where he talks about how you feel insecure and you die many deaths of anxiety living in the city and working for the man. And once you start building your own ecosystem, you start to feel very secure and you, and you get a warrior energy and a charge to, to move forward because you only have one death to fear now. That is your, your ultimate one final biological death, but you're not dying a million times every day living, living in those insecure circumstances. And, and I, that really struck me and I really yearn for that. And now I'm finally starting to realize it. Although I'm still, I'm still a ways off. Um, but, but it's getting closer and at least the symbolic representations of that, (laughs) there are some important, important successes to celebrate, like shedding vitamins and store-bought vegetables and going now I don't know how many months coming on coming up on a year of like feeling great and having not having my teeth fall out or scurvy or rickets or other indicators of malnutrition or or vitamin deficiency and having that come from the most humble most tooth and nail <laughs> eking out an existence here in a, in a blazing, winding, storming desert, sandstorming desert, desiccating winds. I mean, to be able to harvest even microgreens um, before they're destroyed by the, by the uh, extreme conditions and to be able to save them and harvest them and cycle cycle them through ferments and basically be nursing myself through through this green leafy green microgreen herbal um ferment vat that I'm cycling through and um and that is a dimension of freedom and liberation and security which is not even that extravagant. I've even had way more extravagant gardens in fairer climates where I had giant bowls of of totally diverse species of, of plants and herbs every day, harvesting just an absurd amount of very diverse crops every day and having these giant bowls and making green smoothies once or twice a day on top of a salad, on top of a saute, uh, a saute and like... Now I realize that um, that was great, but I was probably actually just um, consuming more than I even needed because now I realize how well I can function on even the smallest, most minimal supply. And and I, I'm I'm I would be excited to to treat myself to some blood work at some point to really see how well I'm pulling it off with no supplements no fortified anything and nothing store-bought anymore and I've just got the staple foods of the seeds and nuts and I've transitioned 
away another dimension of liberation into a very resilient and permanent future of homesteading is is shifting from the reliance on the coffee grinder albeit with solar power it was using a coffee grinder for years now to grind my my sesame seeds so that they would be palatable for basically a homemade sort of tahini and that's been my staple food that to me my my homemade coffee ground coffee grinder ground tahini is what rice is to so many of the uh of 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 the the peoples of uh of of asia so um that was uh, so the staple of um of ground um ground ground sesame and then and then whole almonds and whole papitas and raisins that's I've said uh, yeah I've said it before but essentially my diet is totally um consistent with these staples of uh whole almonds whole papitas ground um sesame seed and and raisins and then in addition to that every other day a can of sardines and every other day alternating with the sardines a a sort of a half bowl of this very dense uh uh, fermented greens and herbs that are homegrown so that's it and i'm i'm doing fine um so yeah i would i'm very excited at some point to, to get some blood work done to see how you know how how um how whether or not it's all placebo that i feel so good feel better than ever um whether it's all just being high on life about about <laughs> it could all be delusional though i could just be completely falling apart but but i'm pretty well attuned to to how my body feels and I, i'd say i'd felt a lot worse living and eating store-bought food a lot more sort of side effects from all of the toxins and all of the pesticides and and just all of the additives and whatnot from from previous eras of life so yeah that's something to feel great about and then and then liberating myself from that grinder with that ses- the homemade sesame uh seed um tahini grind uh i i did get that that uh hand crank kind of rustic homestead table mount hand crank grinder it's like a flour nut flour grinder and and you can adjust the uh the granularity of it for different sizes so because the sesame seeds are so fine i have to tighten it a lot so there's a lot of tension on it so i'm getting a hell of a workout cranking this grinder and uh and i just love it because now i don't have it's one less piece of electronics and plastic that i have to worry about failing I had the, I had the I purchased that uh, that grinder for redundancy, but I I soon realized like no, it's a quality of life upgrade, and I just keep thinking more and more about the beautiful journey of like having the modern appliances, the modern cheats of getting anything you want cheap from imported dollar store whatever, and driving and getting it's like all of those conveniences 
that sort of create this artificial glut of free time that ends up getting consumed by inane, whether it's drama or bickering or 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 trolling online or rage posting or video gaming like all this frivolous activity that in a more rustic world a more homestead sort of lifestyle you the 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 artisanship and the craftspersonship of of living life and working tools and preparing food and harvesting food and separating seeds and gardening like everything is such a beautiful ritual everything is such a delicate art and act and it keeps you fit and emotionally sane and enriched and i just feel that this transition is happening that i've always dreamed of which is like more and every time i shed a prosthetic modern industrial toxic plastic electric whatever device or appliance and i and i i take a step back in time and i'm using a rustic technology in order to fulfill that function i feel so much more fulfilled and i realize like yeah this my 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 soul just sings with resonance with this activity because it's a meditative trance to get into grinding that tahini mix and um and and it's such a beautiful transition and I just feel that continuum or that sort of ratio flipping to where eventually like just my own survival, let alone caring for livestock, let alone caring for family or children or a tribe. If all I do is just do me and I homestead me and and all of my activity gets and time gets consumed by these very from from sometimes gentle sometimes more rough um activities but they're all meaningful and they all interlock together into this ultimate product that is that is a a a, a very healthy um handmade organic life and it's so beautiful and it's so cheap and so attainable <laughs> with just a bit of a bit of desire to study and to practice so another thing to celebrate that i feel is a sacred upgrade is that uh recently i i did i used a mortar and pestle to um grind my own homegrown rosemary dried and clipped it straight off the plant it was just part of it that was kind of overhanging and blocking out other plants so it was perfect to prune that out and then and then dry it in in the heat and uh and and strip the leaves put them in the mortar and pestle and grind it into this beautiful fluorescent green powder and it's such a potent flavor and being able to mix that in with my tahini at times and um and what a rewarding practice the mortar and pestle such a lost a lost art and then today i was using it and uh and was actually holding it um holding it in place with my feet sort of almost in lotus position but but my bare feet 
on either side of the mortar and pe- the of the pest of the mortar and uh, and stabilizing it, and then and then really focusing on a practice that I was informed about recently of the sort of Japanese martial art tradition, um, generally speaking, which was about was about honoring everything and respecting the physical objects in your life so that you're more attuned to respecting yourself and nature and others and uh, and all beings but really having this like ritualized meditative approach to every task giving giving every task it full attention and and taking your time with everything with each act like not rushing any one task that's integral which every you know everything kind of is unless it's doom scrolling or something right but i mean you can bring consciousness to anything but what was striking about that sentiment was just beyond just the philosophy of that which is beautiful was the notion that um was striking extremely striking to me was it like imagine that you have this the center line your body is separated into two into two um lateral hemispheres if that's the right if that's the right um, the right term, if I'm not missing some other sort of geometrical term, but basically your left side and your right side, and then a center, a line down the center, and this notion that you you would be cheating or defrauding or sort of like um, violating and, and, and abusing one or the other side of your body if you always crossed over that line to say open a door handle that was on the left side of your body when you were facing it at the time or vice versa so this idea that you're like disrespecting the harmony and the balance of your body by by having a dominant hand to do a bunch of dominant things and just leaving your non-dominant half of your body always um neglected and always left out and uh and that just felt really sad and really really heartbreaking to me when i thought of it that way so now every chance I can when I remember it, I think, don't, try to try to be conscious of that center line, so when I'm using that, for example, it was perfect with the mortar and pestle going like, I would normally just use my dominant hand, which feels stronger and more, more um, accurate and just more efficient because of how much more training it gets, it's had, uh, the left hand is so lame rel- relative to the right hand that it, that it's just too inefficient to even try to train it to get it up to speed, which is just a sort of a lame uh, or a very uh, uh, a very lazy attitude and posture that that I think can affect all areas of life. So now that I have this me time and I'm doing me, you know, I have the opportunity. If, it, if I was working for the man on a job and they said, hey, I noticed you're starting to use your left hand, what are you thinking? I, you know, that's like, no, well, I'll fire you if I see you using your left hand again. I'm like, no, I'm trying to be balanced and use my left hand so that it can also be fast and strong and efficient, but it's going to take time, you know? Um, I'll work harder and faster when I'm using my left hand and I'll do a normal pace with my right hand so you won't notice a difference. No, fuck that, you're fired, you know? I'll get someone, you know, like... You, you can't have that conversation in the rat race, but in in this in my reality now, I can sit there with my bare feet, 
stabilizing the, the, the mortar and and when my when my right hand gets tired and it needs a rest, I can alternate and try to equally alternate to give the left hand a chance and then really realize like wow how atrophied this is. But I'm it's catching up. So that's a beautiful practice and I just am just sitting there thinking like this is so awesome. It's me and the elements. This is ancient. And I think about all those people who are craftspeople throughout the um, closer to nature sort of industries, closer to nature cultures in the world, where like they actually have the joy and privilege, like let's say being in a trade craft that's within their family handed down generations and and it's like something where they get to use they don't use their their bare feet not just for walking and transportation but actually as part of the craft like holding something with their feet or moving something with their feet and i see footage of that and i think about like wow this is probably the first time i'm really I'm really able to realize or I'm really able to to join them in that in that joy of doing a very sacred and ancient craft. Um and this is something that, you know, yeah, if I grow a lot of herbs and I and I stick with this then then I could be singing and hanging out and and being social and and doing this practice and and balancing my hemispheres and and regulating my my nervous system and giving my feet something useful and and redeeming and 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 prideful to do and there's so few opportunities for that in the modern world and i just was sitting there thinking about wow think about all the feet idle and shoes just tapping the floor and having no purpose and <laughs> just being totally neglected but uh but yeah you know it's the little things it's those details um so that puts me in a good mood and um and i feel like yeah it make the more permanent these these this infrastructure of survival this permaculture infrastructure is this stone mortal mortar and pestle the uh, the iron seed grinder and then ultimately replacing plastic water storage tanks with um at least galvanized which um eventually could be ferro cement and uh or or even and ultimately better the the bentonite sealed ponds some stuff is going to cost a lot of money to to install but but from where i'm at now this sort of plateau of like a little going a long way um it's very satisfying and um and now with that with that said with those with that gratitude spoken i want to get into this topic which um i'm gonna i'm feeling i'm feeling re-energized and sort of uh yeah and, and amped up more than more than i have in the last few weeks which have been pretty uh, pretty pretty rough in terms of the just morale of of getting through the heat but but right now i'm on a i'm on a high morale moment so i'm going to um apply that to uh to some interesting explorations of uh of the sort of um 
the the intrigue and the mystique of 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 a of the tactician mind and uh <laughs> and a couple of um metaphors and trends that um that I'm sort of um having to address so of course you have the beautiful sustainable life that you're building and then as with yin and yang and the balance of forces of of uh of um not even necessarily good and evil but the for- to some extent good and evil but 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 in another extent just destruction and creation or just um um fortune and misfortune and and just the just the fact that nothing is in a vacuum and nothing's really static and there's always there's always um yeah spiritual and 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 ecological and biological forces that are that are that are intent on your destruction if not just to eat you alive as 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 fungus and bacteria and 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 critters and pests that, that'll eat your corpse um to the forces of the state and of um rogue nations and and hackers and whatnot so so yeah i have my little peaceful artisan reality that i that i'm creating that's so satisfying and then of course there's looming ever looming and sometimes actively encroaching um enemies of that peace and enemies of that stability and so i'm going to talk about this interesting um this interesting sort of metaphor this 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 synchronicity of these two these two disruptive forces that are that are affecting me and that are that are tormenting my peace and that's beyond just the heat of the sun which is it's kind of it's kind of um a given and something that is a constant that you just have to adapt around but what is not necessarily a constant is these other factors and um one of them is uh, is what w- a factor i would consider a threat to my ecological security and the other factor is a sort of cluster of threats to my cybersecurity and um whereas the threat to my ecological security is very idiosyncratic and probably not something that you might necessarily share or commiserate with by analogy and by extension it's a teaching tool for me to really understand and evaluate this posture towards what is a threat to everyone which is which is cybersecurity uh threat landscape um so take with it take from it what you will i will uh now proceed and uh refer to a few notes here um to stay to stay true to my atten- intention to be somewhat organized um so yeah i'm 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 somewhat dismayed 
and someone embarrassed to um to confess that I have fallen victim to a harvester ant invasion of my sleeping quarters to an extent that uh, I had not foreseen that is unprecedented in the over a year and a half that I have been on this site and um, and it's become um, it just as of yesterday or as of this morning rather crossed a line where I had to take a sort of an, an evasive action um, that that makes me think a lot about about guerrilla warfare and guerrilla tactics so <laughs> I'm very spoiled in life to have really the worst um, encroaching invasive threat to my to my ecological security at the moment being these harvester ants while I know people throughout the world are being shelled and displaced and forced into refugee camps and all forms of torture and trafficking and so I say this with all due respect and and care and concern for them and I I feel that um yeah this is this this is the smallest scale <laughs> to be to be training for geopolitical uh disruptions but what's interesting and what I feel like is part of the the permaculture mystique or 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 sort of promise is that when 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 we stabilize regions with permaculture <laughs> we will have relatively better and better problems to have we will be more more concerned about about um natural pest control methods and having a sort of balance of power between ourselves and wildlife and allowing them to 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 live in their power allowing pests to 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 play their role in a balanced ecosystem because you can't have beneficial predators unless they have some pests to feed on that's how it works you have to yield to get a yield in a way so it makes me think about guerrilla warfare where you can't in asymmetrical battle you can't just expend infinite infantry people and infinite funds and infinite authority to just rain terror upon an enemy with superior everything and decimate them and roll over them and 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 if rape and pillage in the old world paradigm um and now sort of like um <laughs> well, well use the financial institutions of the world to um to to in debt and to enslave financially um 
So instead of it, <laughs> instead of, instead of rape and pillage directly, it becomes the, the sort of, um, the exploitation of, of a nation's, um, financial sovereignty to where the black market of, of brothels and I mean the effect of like the trafficking, the sex trafficking, the trafficking that occurs and the selling out, the forcing of marginalized village people, villagers to have to sell their children into the sex trade in the cities. That's all part of globalization and the neoliberal conquest and colonization. So to, <laughs> to be pimping the, the new imperialism is like this sort of financial um, this financial pimping of the world but I don't want to digress into that tangent I, I will just say that uh, that the, the, the promise of permaculture is that by stabilizing regions ecologically there will be enough hyper localized abundance that people will not have to fight over water they will not have to fight over food they will not be starving they will not be rioting and taking over the the governments in fact they will probably shrink governments because they will not be dependent upon airdropped handouts from aid organizations or, or from loan shark financial institutions, they won't be pimpable through ecological abundance and security provided by low-cost, relatively speaking, permaculture development. And the good life, in my opinion, it on the scale that I'm at now, it's like, Yeah, uh, to me, I'm I'm in a relationship with um, with population density, with legality, with um, land rights, and and with my own human ecology to where <laughs> so long as. American democracy and national security and rule of law, despite the fuckery of the partisanship or whatever, if basic national security and basic rule of law and democracy continue, then like all of the people who want to go and prove themselves by being in the armed forces and serving the country, I will salute them. I will thank them for their service. Um, I I don't trust that system to want to sacrifice myself, but I I respect that they're that they're willing to do that. And for those who want to be litigious and be in in those branches, for those who want to be fighting over the the colors of the states and all of that, and the morality of religions, like I don't want to say more power to you, but I will say I'm glad that. It's all happening far away from my little peaceful homestead, off-grid, off-road, and, and, and eventually offline probably. But, but in my world, 
my battles, my fight, my security is mostly a matter of of ecological security, which comes down to my relationship with very ancient primordial threat a threat landscape of of wild animals and the elements not warring tribes not samurai drone strikes dropping bladed attack drones onto me from above um hopefully not chemical agents or biological agents like hopefully not um not suicide bombers or any kind of special forces attack ambush raid whatever like i'm going to try to stay out of those kind of conflicts and those kind of controversies so that i'm under the radar and 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 i'm 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 nobody's prerogative to want to like take out i'm just a peaceful permaculture homesteader and i want to pick my battles and i don't want to fight i don't want i don't want to fight people i don't really feel like most of the fights that people most of the things people are fighting for what they're fighting for is to is to fight over delusions of 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 material wealth so that they can have more than they need and i just keep thinking more and more and more about how like god the last thing i want to do is be caught up in any kind of perverse demented warlord hallucination of like putting myself my sacred body temple in harm's way so that i can prop up the agenda of anyone any dynasty any party any any institution or 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 agency or individual's agenda to like prop up the system of people trying to trying to always take more than what they need you know and i'm i'm living a way where like i just want to only have what i what i need i'm i want to get rid of things i want to decumulate objects that are not living i want to create life and extend a forest ecosystem and build out an oasis that will live for thousands of years beyond me and i want to do that with natural elements only importing biology and bentonite only importing that mineral element and those living elements and compost and mulch to kickstart a desert oasis i'm greening the desert and maybe with a little bit of heavy machinery maybe with a little bit of um of fossil fuels appropriately used for a brief period of 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 putting in bigger earthworks and ponds 
that would be once that is done I will be able to just import only life and minerals and complete the mission of non-toxic abundance where I will have more than I need but it will all be a process of enriching an ecosystem. It will not be a process of killing and maiming and poisoning to strip mine rare earth minerals for technology systems or for gold and that fucking delusion or for territory or for all the things like what's going on in Sri Lanka which just is probably the most epic tale of corruption and excess and collusion <laughs> amongst the amongst colonizers financial colonizers what a fuck show that is and the tragedy is that some of the most beautiful living indigenous ancient permacultural wisdom is alive in those in those people it breaks my heart but back to me before I get too political I will say my issue at hand the battle that I've chosen to fight is a battle of balance and that balance now happens to be a little bit uh, out of whack in that the happy life of, of the harvester ants coming out from the winter underground um bunkers that they have and coming up to the surface and literally working like just the working like clockwork like the the most organized system of of machinery biological machinery that I've ever witnessed to literally hack and pen test and crack and infiltrate every everything that I have here, and so a lot. Again, going back to like, oh, and in, in homesteading, a lot of what happens is that like healthy things consume your time, and like healthy projects and 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 healthy, sensible, just living in the wild and tending to the wild and balancing with that. So so yeah, I've found them breaching my long-term food storage and seeing them lay waste to <laughs> to tens of pounds of food that I'm going to subsist on and 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 literally there was a there was one time where I literally sifted out thousands and thousands and thousands of ants with a sifter with a little a little sifting um filter out of um out of a 25 pound bag of uh of, of papitas and in, and in that process they were they were stinging the shit out of me so I would compare it I wouldn't say a bee sting because some everyone has a different sort of reaction to that but like pretty gnarly spider bite like yeah quarter from anywhere from a dime to a quarter size ray uh, inflamed irritated itching red area around a center point which is which is um 
yeah it kind of looks look would look like a spider bite but basically yeah it feels like that and i and i would they they you know they got me really they got me a lot last year i spent more time than i should have closer to the ground and started to learn my lesson so this year you know they come back around and it's and it's a daily um you know that's what i <laughs> that's what I have to my my patrol has has a lot to do with monitoring their movements on my property and where they how what is their strategy now of breaching my food supply and getting into my water and um, getting into my everything and um, and just being at peace with that because they're just doing their thing and I'm basically from their perspective like this this is the coolest most generous guy in the world he's just offering everything to us he seems to to have no limit to his generosity and and so I can't I obviously do not hate them I'm not xenophobic towards them I'm not nationalistic <laughs> about them uh you know I respect them and um and I just and I just try my best to um to have very sustainable strategies. So I've never gone on a campaign to try to eradicate them with any kind of toxin or poison or, or even natural substances. Um, I have just had to be vigilant and just had to um, uh, yeah, to, to be more mindful and um, and upgrade certain strategies and I get more and more and more validation of just like wow glass jars with with metal lids i just wish i would have bought more and it's another thing to just shed because mylar bags and buckets that that's the mantra of of prepper survivalism but but um out here i'm realizing that that no i mean rats and um and 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 squirrels have um have chewed into five gallon buckets um so i've had to elevate and secure them and all with alternate methods and and now i've witnessed ants chewing through mylar bags if they're able to breach um and get near them and then i look at my jars some of them a gallon jars the quart jars and i'm like wow in this dry climate they don't tend to um to have the lids rust out but the lids are super cheap to have a stockpile of so it's like i can't be more in love with glass and and this technology of jars to where literally they're they're so so optimal and so ideal and so effective relative to anything plastic and i just love this transition from all things plastic containers to all things um glass and so, and in some in some instances uh metal cans and whatnot but but anyway i'm okay with some some casualties of foodstuffs and i'm okay with an occasional ant ending up in my drinking water and there was a time when a ton of them got into one of my um coconut oil jars and uh and and i have um yeah i have i have made i have become one with them so to speak in a dietary sense and i think there will be a lot more of that i think i will be i will be um 
exacting a bit of a commission from all of the abundance. If I'm going to feed them, I better damn sure be eating them and trading some 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 carbs for some protein. And I'm okay with that because I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not vegan in that sense. Um, but yeah, a, 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 an event horizon was crossed in which after all this time with them getting into everything, because I have been very mindful and diligent and I do not eat food <laughs> at all and I don't leave any crumbs of anything of any kind ever uh, in my sleeping quarters, I felt relatively um, relatively uh, uh, buffered from, from, from them infiltrating this environment. However, all of that changed now just only really a few, maybe maybe a week or so ago is when I noticed it at noticed it first. And, uh, and I took immediate swift action because I saw that they were, I, I was, was, uh, was, uh, watching them intently as they're coming in and out going like, what are they going after? I don't see them carrying anything. I didn't spill. They're not getting into any of my, my seed storage. I've got seeds in an ammo can. I checked all of that, made sure they weren't like, because that when they get into something you'll see them carrying it in fact i i made i foolishly scattered a ton of amaranth seed and 2 seconds after i got done with that i said oh my god what the f- i can't believe how stupid that was I, I I should only be raising these amaranth seeds in a in a in a enclosed nursery setting because I'm surrounded by what are they called? They're not red ants, they're harvester ants, and more accurately, seed harvester ants. And so I watch this this parade of 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 the of the ants like literally taking every single one of thousands of amaranth seeds that I just buried in, in these, in, in, in these, uh, containers. Um, and they literally just scoured and took them all. And I was like, that is such a funny, that is such a funny lesson and good for them. You know what, actually that's beautiful too, because they're going to scatter those seeds and yeah, they're going to tear up and eat, but they're going to drop enough of them to where there's going to be volunteer amaranth indigenizing itself in, in, in awesome random places and I will I will always be able to wink and, and nudge at the at the at that moment and those ants for doing that. So another reason to make this peaceful balance with wildlife is that they will they will scatter your seeds for you as much as they will eat them and and, and drive you crazy. But but no, I wasn't witnessing them taking out anything. They didn't seem like I didn't. It didn't seem like there was any major spill of anything that they had, they had discovered. Um, so I didn't know what it is that was attracting them, and I, I, friend in a frenzy, a controlled frenzy, I, 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 I pulled out all of the uh, all of pulled out everything and and went crazy um sweeping and 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 dusting out and and it was a it was a good spring cleaning or <laughs> or summer cleaning that 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 was that was uh overdue anyway so I was kind of thankful that they were the impetus for that and I I scooted them all out and um and but as you can imagine 
it, it well it was good to know there wasn't anything I wasn't that there wasn't anything that I was uh that I wasn't aware of that they were attracted to so but unfortunately that didn't um that didn't solve the problem um they they still were returning however um however in a more a more limited way and a more focused way and um so it looked like a lot of what was coming up and under my under my the, the cushions that I sleep on were were just sort of stragglers but there was enough in mass that those stragglers were like very noticeable and um and what it turns out is something that that yeah I could probably spend a lot of money relatively speaking to 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 mitigate this to a degree but every time it rains um there's always an amount of rain as I am a, a truck steader that gets that get works its way underneath the uh the plastic shell of the of the the, the bed liner uh so so there's basically this aquifer underneath where I sleep where water gets into and it when it will probably very 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 even the hottest temperatures it will very slowly if ever evaporate and it may never evaporate fully it may always stay sort of dank down there and then of all of the mulch and compost that this truck has hauled there's got to be like a a fungal rainforest down there so I'm so I'm realizing that yeah when there is a, a rain event this hadn't happened before but it only takes one curious one of these ants to leave a, a a chemical pheromonal trail marking the spot and there is like a now a famous historical legend of an ant who who found out that there was this this cave system this aquifer cave that is under my bed that's in the under the liner of this trunk and so there has been this unending now for days and days and days um uh, just parade march of um of ants going back and forth and i watch the stream going in and the stream going out and they all sort of fist bump their antenna as they go along and it seems like i'm putting their kids through college maybe indefinitely even just from a couple of small rains recently and 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 whereas that wasn't a problem last year it was a potential problem and one that i did not foresee and again that's why there's some legend now in their culture of the one who found the aquifer and now so i don't think it's feasible to think that they're going to leave the only thing i could possibly do is like what what is sensible to do and that i've seen done in southeast asia where they build homes on stilts where at the bottom of the stilts they have these bowls of liquid which i assume is just water i don't know if they sort of put any kind of poison in there or whatnot but basically because the insects are so much more voracious in that ecosystem in order for them to even barely survive and protect their food and themselves you know it's 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 life and death to have these sort of um these moats around the bottom of the the stilts that they build their houses on their little huts and i always thought that was so interesting and and, and so cool so but i i'm on a truck so short of sort of like 
doing something of the moat-like nature around the base of this truck, <laughs> I'm going to surrender and I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? It's just something I got to live with in the warmer months. And that means that um, they're going to have their way with me uh, with those stragglers. And it, it, it's nice to know that like, hey, it's kind of endearing that I'm watching this parade happen along the edge and most 99.9% .9 of them don't even bother to like come up to where I am and climb up on a cushion and want to want to sting me and bite me um, but there is and I realize an, an attraction point which is the fact that I have to that I'm sweating and that I have to wrap myself in moist moist uh, fabric to, to, to not overheat and die so lo and behold while most of them seem to be content seeking um, abundant uh, their, their watering hole uh, underneath me uh, a few stragglers will, will find their way up and then of course throughout these last several nights you know I wanted to be in denial as long as I could but now they're tearing me up and I've got welts all over head to toe I mean I'm not covered in them but there are enough of them and it only takes like one but having now what I have is probably 20 <laughs> at any given time to where like there's not a moment where I'm not like um slapping and, and rubbing each of them as they call for my attention and I've learned my lesson about scratching so I cut my nails and I do not scratch the surface of my skin I've had horrible um, horrible near-death experiences with staph earlier in life where I realized staph infection where I where I then learned do not clip your nails and do not break the surface of your skin no matter what whether it's heat rash or or these bites or these stings all I do is rub them gently with a very soft <laughs> finger or, or palm and being certain not to rub off or to 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 um, to break the skin whatsoever which would lead to just um, abscesses and 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 uh, and staph infection and so um, so yeah it's 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 hard enough to sleep it's been hard enough to sleep and now these compounding bites and stings and what they do is that they will they will bite down to secure themselves and then pivot around where they're biting and sting with their rear mount stinger in a in a circle and potentially until they decide to stop they can basically just sting themselves um silly and uh and so yeah it's it's um it's not pleasant and and i and i and i i fought with myself i'm like i i did i i don't want to have to think about relocating because of this invasion and i'm not going to do anything um aggressive to try to like eradicate them because of the futility of that i'm going to learn to live with it i'm going to adapt but 
you know, I held out. So there were, you know, there were a few days where it was like, okay, I, I don't like, I don't even like to kill any of them, but I do, you know, I do sense them crawling on me or I, I feel the bite and I, and, and then I'll, I will, I will reach down and, and squeeze them and kill them and, and flick them away. Um, but that's, that's futility as well. And, and I don't want to be woken up and I'm not going to wake up enough. So I will wake up with them, you know, um, with them tearing me up and, uh, and I will have only have noticed or, or, or stopped a few of them. And then lo and behold, it got closer and closer to where the sun don't shine. And then I said, okay, that's it. So my adaptive strategy was that it actually opened up a very positive, very like magical new dimension of, of freedom and empowerment, which was that it pushed me to beyond my event horizon to say, you know what, maybe this isn't the best place to sleep anyway. Maybe what I should do is use this not as a place to sleep and as my office which is kind of terrible feng shui anyway and i should know better i have you know i'm on acreage that i own shouldn't i maybe branch out a little bit and uh and not be so conditioned to what i'm used to and be this creature of habit i mean i i was truck stating on skid row i didn't have the option to like scout out my acreage and where would I pitch a tent or hang a hammock? I mean, no, it was like you live and shit and eat and and compute wherever you park for the night and hope you don't get attacked by ravenous homeless people, gangsters, cops, or disapproving yuppies <laughs> so that was my life for a number of years um as i hodled in from a from a bear market to a bull market and then that bull market gave me the means to buy land now that i'm on land <laughs> like i you know old habits die hard and it took this invasion of the ants almost like a sort of cosmic nudge almost like they're telling me something in the voice of god saying if you don't get out move out of here at night we're gonna sting the fuck out of you to the point of stinging you very close to your junk at which point you will realize that you bought acreage and you bought a hammock for 20 bucks and you should go hang that hammock and be swinging out under the stars and and situate yourself with with other options that are gonna keep you you know high and dry above above where we're going to be setting up shop and it actually is a bit of a diplomatic compromise because they disappear either into the aquifer cave or back underground but but i've studied their cycles and like it's when the sun goes down it's cool enough at night that's when they make their move and that's when they're crawling you know all over beneath beneath me and then a few of them come up and, 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 and bite and sting the shit out of me. Um, but when the sun is up and, and the heat of the day starts coming on, um, that's when they disappear and they're not a threat to me. And that's when I have full solar power and that's when I can, you know, put in a few hours of work, have office work and computing. 
Um, so, so there you have it. It's sort of like a, 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 a interesting um, <laughs> realizing the guerrilla tactical nature of like I can't win this war with them. They're they are superior in numbers. They're superior in in tactics and ingenuity. And there's really nothing I can do to stop them, other than for myself to be adaptive enough to escape and evade, and and live to fight another day and just sort of surrender some territory to them. Um, but then maybe that opens up new horizons and 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 actually gives me a better. Uh, a better positioning in life, which it does. So I'm celebrating now what will be my first night of, um, of, of, of actually using the hammock I bought and actually being in, in, in a, 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 yeah, better position in a lot of ways. And I just wouldn't have pushed myself out of the nest if it wasn't for this invasion. Um, so that has a very, uh, sort of storybook, happy ending Oh,